Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Welcome back to the podcast where I bring the best and the brightest in the world of business, entrepreneurship, and yes, recruiting. We are getting back to our roots today because ultimately what we want to do is help you harness your own inner tenacity to drive your career forward. You know it. You've heard it before. My guest today on the podcast is Dan Fantasia, CEO and founder of Treeline. And Treeline was founded in 2001 and is known for helping companies hire elite sales professionals in 30 days or less. We're going to get into that because I'm curious. And with a 97% success rate in a network, well over 100,000 sales professionals, Treeline has changed the lives of over 3,500 sales professionals. That's what we do in recruiting. We change lives. But people, they don't want to give us credit for that. <laughs> and as, as you guys know, this show really started with me speaking to other great folks in the world of TA and recruiting. It's always great to talk to someone else who is pairing great talent with great companies. And Dan is a rock star in that respect when it comes to the world of sales. And I'm excited to geek out with him a bit on recruiting tactics. So if you're in this world or not, this is going to be a good one. So let's get to it. Dan Fantasia, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Adam. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome to to the show here. Dan and I had a nice little lively pre-chat and I should record one of these one day because it's it's fun, right? Like whenever I get on, whenever, you know, the guests come on the show, we, we chat for a few minutes be- before we hit record. And some of these conversations are, are great. They're icebreakers. And when you have two recruiters in the room, I mean, this is what we do for a living. Right, Dan, like we get on the phone with people we don't know. And I tell my wife, I go on like, you know, 10, 10, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? blind dates a day? <laughs> Guys, girls, it doesn't matter. I'll talk to anybody, right? You need to have icebreakers. You know, sometimes we talk to so many people, right? Adam, you have to feel this. You get home, you're done. You don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. talking for so long. You just need a break. And, all right. So, so let me ask you this. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm going off script here for a moment. Like, yeah. Like when you get on the phone with with candidates, right? Do you have like your your icebreakers? Do you mix it up? Like like I try not to just talk about the weather because it seems so lame. Right? I try to say I try to say where they're from. Like like Dan's Dan's from Boston, so I'm going to do an icebreaker with with the ball. I try to base it on geography. Where where do you go to in your mind for the icebreaker? You know, intro, quick chat. We you know what we it is. Um, so for us, we train to look at the resume, be prepared. And find some common interests. Find something you're interested in and then ask questions around that, right? We, we already, they're already introducing themselves to us with a resume. So typically mm-hmm. take 15 minutes or five minutes before the interview, mm-hmm. do some research, look on, look on LinkedIn, see what they've posted recently. Exactly. Look at their resume, find something that you can connect with. And that's how we usually typically start to build the relationship. And it's not, it's not rocket science and it works for recruiters too, right? Like get, take a couple of minutes beforehand and not just look at the resume, look at the LinkedIn, be like, oh, I saw you post something about, you know, toxic work culture. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that for a moment here. So let's, let's pause on the recruiting stuff and let's hit the rewind button on, on Dan's career. And, and I feel with sales folks is always kind of aha moment. And I talked about my first sales experience in high school. I was part of this um, business club called DECA. 
which is Distributive yeah. Education Club of America. And yeah. I competed in sales competitions. And that's where I knew and found, well, that's where I found that I had the, the sales bug. And for you, let's talk about that, that, that first job. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were uh, out of college working at a ski shop. What was that yeah. like? <laughs> I worked at uh, Jacksonville Sports. Yep. 1993. It was awesome. It was awesome. You know, at that time in my life, right, Adam, you, you're the same way. I was outgoing. I wanted to travel. I was living in a van with my buddy, which was probably the best experience of my oh, life. Oh, man. That's a whole separate had- show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dan, did right. they call you Dan the Van Man? Like, no. I mean, Dan's van? I mean, it just it just works. Listen, the van was a piece of junk. It, the We couldn't get the heat in, you know, we were in Wyoming. We couldn't get oh, the man. heat to work. We had to put, uh, we had to put some- You um, had a campfire cod- in the van. <laughs> yeah. We, had, we had to put cardboard in front of the radiator because it got so cold. Thing would never blow heat. It was crazy. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. I was a uh, ski bum tech rental guy and it was a, a wonderful experience i'm so thankful i had the opportunity and, and i was broke i made no money right but <laughs> but like you go back to those days you were up selling cross selling skis and stuff when, like when did it click was it like was it that one time that you upsold somebody on a pair of skis that they didn't need right or was it like a suggestive selling thing when was it like you felt that you had that 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 ability to persuade and compel in conversation uh, you know what I was naive. I I didn't figure it out too much later in my career. You know, I, when I got back from Wyoming, when I settled down and I tried to find, you know, I was looking for a job and looking for work and I was working the night shift at the CAD CAM company. Um, I was promoted in that company by a gentleman that really believed in me and he really moved me up to the GM and, and really the salesperson. That's when I started to figure out that I could sell, right? I I I, I didn't understand it until then. And luckily he was a he was a a really strong entrepreneur and sales guy. So he was teaching me. But when I really learned how to sell was when I left that company, I went to a recruiting firm, it was called Diversified Communications. And that a gentleman by the name of Tony Nutella, he was the CEO. When I joined that company, that's when I learned really how to sell. That's when I learned how to listen. That's mm-hmm. how I learned to understand people's motivations and selfish needs and to talk so- to those uh, those things that are important to them and not important to me. So let, let's pause on, on that for a moment because I do want to talk about something that, that hit the light bulb in my head is, is motivation because I, I truly believe in recruiting that you need to understand the candidate's motivation. And that's what I learned day one in recruiting. I had a great mentor, a gentleman by the name of Tom Hall, who said, you need to understand a candidate's motivation because you're going to use it. And I don't mean this in a bad way. You're going to use this against them. You can use this for them. Why do they want to make a move? Because every candidate wants to make a move and you have to find out what those motivators are. Is it money? Some people are straight up motivated by money. Some people are in a shitty job and they want to leave. Toxic boss, toxic culture, whatever you want. They're not getting promoted value. Maybe their wife or spouse, whatever, is chirping in their ear that it's time to leave because, again, they need to, to get money. There's all these external factors and you got to figure it out. But before we unpack that, I want to hit the rewind button. There's very few people, and I only know one, my buddy James, who went from college into recruiting, that actually, like everyone kind of stumbles into recruiting. I mean, like, how did you stumble into this profession? The, the dark arts, as we like to call it. You know why? There was a person that I was working with. They recommended I went to this recruiting firm. It was my first experience. I didn't know what recruiting firms mm-hmm. were. I didn't know if it cost me money. It didn't cost me money. I didn't know what was going on. I went to the company. I was interviewing for sales roles uh, at, in so- at in the software industry, basically. And um, they stopped me and they said, before you consider any of these offers, what about doing this? Like, I, I don't even know what this is. It was 100% commission, mm-hmm. right? 100% commission, but I love the environment. I like the company. I like the culture. 
uh, I just, I bought in. So I started with a company called Diversified Communications and I, I, I basically, can, I basically started off failing. I failed for six months and the CEO was basically, <laughs> at one point, the, the aha moment was the CEO was like, what the hell are you doing? Right? Wait, so I was just being led around by candidates. I couldn't give them advice. I wasn't, there was no leadership. And so as a result, they were making bad mistakes because I wasn't strong enough to show them the way to advance their career. So you, so you jumped into recruiting, but you, you weren't onboarded and trained properly yourself, right? You're kind of just like, go for it. Is that what happened? No, I was trained properly, but I had my own mental block. Ah, I couldn't. Okay, so we're not uh, throwing know, anyone under the bus here. Okay, so no, so, so, oh god, so, no. So, I, so what I do you was think trained, it was? Were you, were you overthinking it? Did you think? And, and I experienced this too, where you're like you think you know something better than somebody else. Like, no, nah, no, nah, I know the way to do this. I remember when I was a candidate, right? Like, I could do it better than them. But you're like, shit, wait, these people. I'm not. I'm, I'm putting up goose eggs, you know, every week, no. every month. You know what it was, Adam? Fear. I was, you know, until my CEO whacked me. I was more fearful of uh, upsetting candidates, so I, I couldn't give them good advice because right, I couldn't give advice because I was just listen, I was letting them lead the conversation, mm. but they needed to hear the honest truth. I couldn't do that. When my CEO finally whacked me and said, "What the hell are you doing?" That was the aha moment where I was more scared of my CEO than I was of changing my ways. And then once I figured that out, I was then I became a, a, a top producer and a the youngest managing partner. That's, in, that's interesting. So what, what were you recruiting for? What was the industry? Sales. So you're recruiting sales. Only folks, sales. Only, yeah. only sales. But here's the thing, and let's break it down for people out there. And, I, and I've recruited sales roles before. This is a tough one. When you're talking to it, like it's a sales guy talking to a sales guy it's al yeah. or a sales lady, right? It's alpha talking to alpha. They're hyping up their numbers. They're hyping up their experience. What were some of those kind of dark art tactics you used to really like understand, are you, are you bullshitting me? Are you telling the truth? How are you breaking down the numbers? How are you breaking down OTE versus comp? Like finding yeah. out their motivators. Let's let's get into that a little bit. Let's talk. Let's talk shop, and, well, and you can talk me, about how you even do it now. Yeah, let, let me take it. Oh God, talk about totally different. Mm. Um, let me just take a step back yeah, for please. a second. What the the way that we used to bring in sales candidates. And by the way, we're we're sorry. Just pause there for a second. What what what's it? Let's put a timestamp on this. How many years ago? Oh, this was nineteen ninety seven. Right. So there's so just to reference everyone, there's 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 no LinkedIn. There's no. very limited databases. You might have an Excel sheet, but otherwise you're using Rolodex. You're using these giant notepads. It is very analog and manual, and right, like it's 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 Rolodex style. Oh, that that is actually that's a great point. Just to pause like that. Yeah. Thank you for doing let's, that. Let's it was a for a second three ring binder where it was. Yeah, it was a three ring binder. I didn't. We didn't have computers at the time when I started. It was a three ring binder. I'd be calling into companies trying to find sales. First, I had to get into the directory. Then I'd be going through the directory. That was a game to find too. I've heard fun stories then, about that. Had to, had to, had to hack <laughs> oh. directories and pretending like oh. it was like covert CIA operation. Yeah, hi, this is uh, this is Paul from uh, AT and T. Um, we're we're coming into um, uh, redo the phone directory. I just want to make sure I have everyone's names and numbers correct here, right? Like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I'd call after hours, and I would just put the I push the next button. Wrong, wrong extension. Wrong extension. John Smith. Wrong extension. Susie Susie Smith. Wrong extension. I would just write down the names. I call them the next day and find out who's in sales and who wasn't. Such think, a think smart about the move. time suck on that, right, oh, Adam? Man. Just a time. You'd be there all the time trying to get people. And now, you and know, the team can look anybody. at LinkedIn and you can see everything. Yeah, I could, you, scrape, you know I, could, I could scrape your blood type off of LinkedIn. It's like that. <laughs> so, but so then, then, then you don't know, you don't see their resume. You have no idea who they are. You cold call them. You gain interest. You convince them to come to the office to meet with you. 
And then after they come to the office, you've got to figure out if you have any opportunities you can help them with or not. And then you're giving them advice. It's like, Jeez, uh, talk about heavy lifting. I mean, you had a hustle. That was a real hustle. So do you remember from a technological evolution when, when, when like, what was it like in Monster and Indeed came out? But that was pre-LinkedIn even. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember Wait a minute, the first right? ATS. We didn't get our first ATS system. So we were faxing resumes to clients. Yep. Right. That's, that's how it started. It was, it was just, it was basically who worked the hardest. I'd be the first one there. I'd be the last one to leave. And it's basically how many people can you get in touch with? And then, uh, th- then basically, can you give them advice? Can you consult with them? And can you add value to their career? You can do that. Then you, you, that's how you become a top producer. You just basically outwork, outwork everyone and really learn all the, the, so, the subtleties to being successful. So you're saying hard work beats talent any day. Yeah, I just wrote a blog on that, actually. <laughs> Don't I, you agree? I, 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 I agree with yeah. it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I remember that, like, like you know, I, I've had my failures in my, in my career before I went into recruiting, even in recruiting, too, obviously. But it's, it's hard work, right? Like, you put in the work, you outwork the competition, and you're going to win. I mean, sure, talent helps. But if talent's lazy, you're not getting anywhere. No, yeah. I, 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 just, I just wrote a blog on that. And that is the, that is the thing. You have to, you got to want to work. You want to, you have to hold yourself accountable. You've got to find, you know, work. You have to be, find work to be enjoyable without becoming a workaholic and destroying your personal life. Mm-hmm. But basically you need to work. So let's talk about the thesis that led to creating the vision for, for Treeline. You're, you're, you're in recruiting, you're working for a number of years for, for other people. What, what was that impetus and that, that light bulb that went off and said, you know what, I, I got this idea. To do my own yeah, thing. I was, you know what? Uh, I'm still good friends with the the CEO and all the past managing partners. The company's no longer in business, but the reason why I left is I had built a phenomenal team. I had no turnover, but the environment was becoming cutthroat. We were losing our vision. We were losing our. We were, in my mind, we were losing our way, and so I went. I started Treeline to build a company that wasn't about me. It's not named Fantasia Recruiting Firm or what have mm-hmm. you. It's it's a company bigger than myself. So the idea is hire great people, build a wonderful environment, give them an incredible opportunity with awesome training and really build a, a national brand. And, and that's what we've done. It's been wonderful. We've been the best place to work in Boston, what, 10 years or so, usually number one, two or three. Um, Inc. Magazine recognized the same thing. I, I don't know, it's past eight years or something, best place to work. It's just a good, healthy environment, a lot of great competition. So, and uh, it's built around success. So yeah, let's talk about that. What is, let's talk about culture a little bit. Like what, what are those keys to having, I mean, listen, recruiting is sales. Recruiting yeah. is sales and sales could be cutthroat because at the end of the day, money is, people are a product, money is what moves us. How do you keep a culture of, of folks motivated while still, you know, producing? Work, you know what it is? Work is work, but it can be super fun. Right. If you make work, if you're always like the hammer down and you're not having fun. And when I say fun, I mean the smallest basic mm-hmm. things, right? We do themes and we meet every morning and we're telling jokes. I've, I've got enough joke. Hawaiian books shirt Friday. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you name it. As many fun. And by the way, when it comes to fun, it's not about, it doesn't have to be from the top down. It's, it's everyone. Right. What, what do you want to do to make this fun? We do something called start, stop, keeps. Every quarter, we ask the team, what do you want to start doing? What do you want to stop doing? What do you want to keep doing? And that could be in from a cultural perspective, the technology perspective, anything you want. But the idea is we're all part of it. Let's have fun with it. Let's build this phenomenal organization. And when everyone's part of it, everyone's contributing, 
And then you can build a really healthy environment that continues to grow. Right. And and I look and it's funny too. I look I look back on on the first firm that I worked at and and I went from working not in recruiting into recruiting. So it was important for me. I didn't want to go to like one of the Solomon Page or the big like Robert Half places mm. where I was wearing a suit and smiling and dialing all day. I knew that wasn't for me and that's not the way I operated. I looked for a firm that was relationship based. That they knew I knew that they were going to leverage my personality, my skills and my network. That's what it was going for and the way I operate. And that's what they did. They threw me on a full desk. I was able to balance both sides and, and pick it up. But again, I want to I hit the rewind button when, when you launch because it was 2001. You're about to start this company. You're married. You just bought a house. You're six months away from, from 9-11. Like, what was it like launching a company in that environment like early yeah. on? Like the Rough. world was shook, man. <laughs> I mean, I was, I, was, listen, I, was, I was just down. I was down this weekend. I was down at, at, um, I was down at the World Trade Center uh, site and I took my wife there for the first time and my kids and I had to explain to my almost 11 year old daughter what happened here and i was yeah. just very like we we're standing there where we're, we're, we're world trade center one we're looking down into the memorial and it was a, it was a crazy moment for me mm. and like i was like i said to myself how am i going to explain this to her and i said you know what i'm going to explain this. she's 11 years old i'm going to explain this exactly what happened and that was a crazy moment that like she wasn't alive for this she wasn't there and we experienced it i mean what was it? i mean talk us through your time and launching a company uncertainty yeah, and a company called Treeline. Mm. That was so. I we I had a when I left uh, Diversified, I had a one year non compete. I honored it for over three years. I mm -hmm. told the guys, I, I, "Listen, I'll start this on my own. I'm not going to compete fish with out you." There. I, yeah, I, I, I'll do it. And it was tough. So I, we originally started in the pharmaceutical market. That was helping pharma companies build sales organizations. Well, guess how many pharmaceutical uh, HR teams and hiring managers want to pick up a phone from a company called Treeline? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, the, the, at the time the name was just. It was, you know, for me, it was around something different than recruiting, right? The name is around like skiing and outdoor mm -hmm. com competition. So um, now it's been a blessing because the name's so unique. Uh, we've been doing this for 22 years that now people know us. It's, it's, it's a it wonderful out. thing now. But right. man, you're not like Rocket Talent, years, Star Talent. Like I remember when yeah. I was named, my company's yeah. named after my daughter because I know no one else is going to have that name. And I know that's my motivator, NHP Talent Group or my daughter's initials. Right, you want oh, to have something no, that's. I was wondering what that was. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was reading the website. No, that's cool. Well, yeah, I mean the whole the whole story with that is is like I was thinking of names when I was naming my company, and and I like I was I literally had a list of like kind of all these like cliche kind of names, and I'm yeah. like, that's not working. And my wife's like, this is before my son was born. She's like, what's the most important thing in the world to you? I'm like, well, my daughter Nina. She's like, well, why don't you name the company after her? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to call it like Nina Talent Recruiting. I'm like NHP Talent Group. I'm like, boom, done. Love it. Love it. Yeah, Love it. Like it's same, 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 you know, it's, I, I was the same way. I was like, it's not, it's not about me. It's something different. I want, you know, it's, it's about something bigger, right? So uh, I love that. Really cool. So, so 20, 22 years in, in the business, man, what, what mm -hmm. was one of those early lessons learned the hard way, as we like to say, from, from, not from so much of a recruiting perspective, but is running a business and managing people? Uh, well, I, I'd say this early on, the, the hard part about starting a business is you're taking on all kinds of clients. What I've learned is you've got to fire the crappy ones. Oh. I mean, no matter what, they even just, desperate they, times, they're right? cancerous. They just suck the life out of you. Nothing. And you your can do employees, to help. right? Like you're putting your can you're putting oh. your employees on a shitty cl yeah. client, yeah. and they don't want to stay. I mean, yeah. listen, there are times like right now. You know, there's certain times when the market's rough, and you got to take on something that may may not be. But in a perfect world, you should be able to pick and choose what you're working on, right? Yeah, I mean, we you know we we've been doing this for 22 years. We you know we're not we're not a huge organization. We're large when it comes to sales recruiting. We're probably one of the largest in the nation. But um, there are actually we probably are the largest in the nation that is exclusive to sales. That's all we do. Um, 
But I tell you, it is, it is, it is tough to build that brand because sales recruiting is difficult, number one. Number two is um, when, we, when we build the sales organization, it's done. Then we move on to the next one. So we have to build and get really strong people into sales. We've got to keep them in sales. And we've got to, we're trying to build this huge network of sales talent mm-hmm. that can rely on us to help them find opportunities that they just don't have access to. Right. So it's that community and that network. I mean, that's taken a long time. For us, we have very few little turnover. We had two people fall out last year. That's it. That's like our, that's our consistent. But where'd they go? Did they go to another firm or did they leave the profession? No, not not at Treeline. Oh, you're talking about employees. You're talking about hires falling off. Got it. Got it. Got it. Like we're like we're so we we do such a great job of making sure we're not trying to oversell the candidate or oversell the client. If it's a good fit, it's a good fit. And if it's not, let's pause for a second. I'd rather keep building pipeline to find the right person than to have you hire the wrong person, both for the candidate and for the client. It's a nightmare experience. It's it's yeah. You disrupted someone's career. They're pissed. The client's pissed. Like let's slow down for a second. Let's find the right hire. And then let's go from there. So let's let let's talk about that a little bit because I, I preach this all the time, and 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 I'm not trying to pitch my model or anything, but it's about slowing down. Listen, yeah. Most of the time, when there's an open role, it's because of attrition. And what's happening on on the client side is other people within the organization are having to step up and do two, three times the amount of work to fill that. So there's always a a, a time factor they need to fill quickly. But you don't want to rush it and push someone into the role who's not right because then you're going to just destroy it even more, and you can have this vicious cycle. So right. wh- what are some of those processes on both sides of the equation to ensure that we're doing the right thing on all sides? Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing is to make sure we fully understand what the client wants, right? What do they need? And then number two is how realistic is it, right? If, if it's not realistic, if, if they're looking for a competitor that, that has a non-compete and they're paying less money, I will be educating and telling them I, th- th- there's no silver bullet here. We, you, you know, we you can't bring us in and think that we're going to change this problem. This is a problem. We've got to re-architect the search strategy mm-hmm. so that we can help you find talent and grow your organization, right? So it's all about understanding their needs. But we, like I said, we've been doing this for 22 years. No joke. Within the first three days, we guarantee we're going to bring you a candidate that meets your exact needs. Three days. We are on. That's how big your network is. Yeah, yeah. It's so we are so fast. Like it is. Even I I, sometimes I look at searches. Well, this is a pretty complicated search. It is amazing. It is amazing how good our team is. Because you have pipelines, right? Like you you know that's right. You know who's looking. You know who's not. And even if it's a very passive search, you know where to look because you've done this for so long. And and that's what I always say too to my to my my clients, and they look at our feeds and they go, "You're not paying me for the for the out. You're paying us for the experience. We yeah. know where to go. We know what to do. If we fill this role quickly, it's because we know what we're doing." I mean, I think of it this way too, right? The internal TA team or the recruiting team, they have a million other jobs to mm-hmm. focus on. Sales is one of the hardest things to recruit on, right? So as a result, they don't really do that much recruiting. And as a result, the now the VP or the hiring manager, they kind of get a small like a pipeline, pipeline. Yeah. and they basically end up hiring the best of the worst. And that's why they they have turnover and and, and have um and they you know they fail basically. If if you come to us, I mean, you know what I'd say this: our candidates are better. You can use us on a contingency basis. Interview as many candidates as you want on your own. If ours aren't better, don't hire them. Don't hire them. Yeah, it's, I it's am simple. that confident that you will be that you, you will be that blown away by the service. It's just a totally. We've been doing this for so Adam, like you know, right? Twenty two years we've been doing this forever, and we're so genuine. 
that we've built long-term relationships with it's so many up. people. It's been it's been great. You know really what? And, and and I think listen, our profession gets a bad name. It, it really does. And I yeah. think it's kind of like used car salesmen, right? There's some great used car salesmen out there, but it's those sharks at the bottom, those bottom feeders. It's funny. I got I, I just shut my phone off. My buddy just sent me a message that some scumbag recruiter is trying to scumbag them, right? Like, and that yeah. just gets our whole reputation, that whole, whole industry, a, a, a bad rep. So it comes down to long-term relationships. And I say, listen, one key pe- metric for me is 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 retention with, with clients. They come in and out. It's almost like I don't want our clients to need us anymore because we filled their roles for them. You're right. Right? So when they come yeah. back and say, we have a new role, we're expanding, or they're doing referral, referrals are the lifeblood. Referrals yeah. to me are the golden KPI. When one yeah. of my clients refers me to one of their friends or clients in the industry and says, hey, we had a great experience working with Adam and his team. You should work with him. That is like, that is like gold. Give me that freaking first place trophy, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's the same with us, you know, but you know what? You got to do the right thing, right? We're not a big, we're not a staffing firm. We're, we're, we're a search firm, right? That, that's where we are. That's what we do. We help our f- clients find very talented, specific individuals search. that meet mm-hmm. their requirements. Yeah. It's like that, that's where we, that's where we live. Hey there, fellow podcast listeners. I'm Kevin Logan Jr., host of the Immutable Mindset Podcast. If you're fascinated by Web3, blockchain, and disruptive technology, then you won't want to miss a show. Join me and co-host Adam Posner as we introduce you to an incredible lineup of successful entrepreneurs, builders, and industry veterans who share their insider knowledge, unique perspectives, and personal stories that will leave you inspired and craving more. Like Mike Isogawa, the CEO of Webacy, who shares her journey from being a Cirque du Soleil performer to a cybersecurity pioneer. Or Dave Schwed, COO of Halborn, who discusses the future of digital asset security and how the future of assets will be tokenized. We also break down complex topics into digestible bits, perfect for both experts and newcomers to the world of Web3. So if you're ready to stay ahead of the curve, subscribe to the Immutable Mindset Podcast now, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Let's talk about what makes a, a, a good recruiter. Um, let's talk about those hard and soft skills. I mean, what, what do you look for? What have you identified over the years of that, that DNA, those key attributes? Yeah, one of course, work ethic, and um, you know, for for us, when we interview Adam, when we talk to a candidate, the first thing we say is, "This is not an interview; it's just conversation." You don't have to sell me. I'm not going to sell you. I get excited about our company. It's not intentional, but um, we're just trying to figure out if this is a good match, right? You ask me any question you want, I will tell you. I'll tell you what's rough about this job. I'll mm-hmm. tell you what's great about it. You ask me any question you want, and I'll tell you. Right. And vice versa, don't feel like you're, you know, when when I'm not going to grill you with any trick questions, I just want you to be honest with Mm -hmm. me. Just be, just be honest. So that's number one. Number two is I like to understand the story. Everything that's not on the resume, like what, you know, what'd you do when you like your story, like Mm -hmm. DECA, like, is that on your resume? Is it on LinkedIn? Maybe. I don't know. I I didn't see it, but I'm trying to convince my son to do that, by the way. Yeah. Um, Do it. So um, the point is, I want to understand that a person has worked. Like they have, had to roll up their sleeves and throughout right. their entire life, they just, they just gravitate toward work, right? They just, they just want to work. Um, so that, and, and the only way to figure that out is all the stuff that you don't see on the resume, right? <laughs> like, what did you do? Oh, I grew up with, uh, you know, a family of five and I worked at 15 years old and I rode the my story is important to the- and, the, and the ability oh, yeah. to articulate your story. I always say the elevator pitch is one of the most underrated skills that you should have. You should be able to walk yeah. into any room and do a 30 second pitch, a two second pitch, when someone asks me what I do, I could tell them in two seconds. Or if I know if I'm sitting down for a drink or a dinner, I could elaborate a little bit more. The yeah. ability to tell your story yeah. succinctly and do it well yeah. is key. 
And then we look for consistency, right? Then I, I want to understand the story. I want to understand um, who you are. Now we have we have a couple of we have core values. So we so I want to understand their work ethic. But then we interview on their core values, right? We want them yeah, to fit with our organization. Do what's right, um, empowering people, compete to win every day, and grit. Those are the Correct. four key aspects. So, for example, do the right thing. One of the questions we'll ask is, you know, have you ever parked in a handicap spot? Yeah, I've I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Right? I try so, not. I try. So, I try not. I mean, I've done it only in an emergency situation, right? Like, like if I'm at a store and I got one of my kids in the car and I got to run in for two seconds and there's no other spots, but I'm not going to do it by myself. It's only yeah, in an emergency. Yeah. My my other one is like, which so I, I, hot take. Pause for a second. What are your thoughts on returning the shopping cart to the thing versus leaving it in the middle of the parking lot? Do you look at people that don't do that and roll your eyes and make motherfucker? I mean, I think I think listen, there's there's a lot of things happening in people's lives, right? <laughs> if 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 you're if you're in a huge rush and you're like, I gotta get the hell out of here, I you know, I I I've gotta be home. My wife just something happened. All right. I, I don't know what happens in uh, it's kind of like road rage, right? I don't know what's going on in people's life. So I'm trying to look at it with an open perspective, thinking, well, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. The 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 handicap thing. So this is interesting about the handicap question. If some people say, No way, never. Some people say, yeah, I have. What I'm looking for is the honest, right? The honesty. honesty. Like you just said, yeah, I, listen, I, I, I don't, you know, and you say, I do, I, I've done it. I'm honest about it. I don't it, look that's for the I, handicap right, spot first. It's only an emergency. Right. So you, you don't know what's happening in people's lives. So I just want to understand yeah. those things, right? Uh, grit. I mean, you need grit. There's a lot of. So how do you determine? How do you determine? How do you determine grit on a job interview versus someone just blowing smoke up their ass? Yeah, that's. So is, that's is it for a case? Are you looking for a case study? Tummy time? Like, are you looking for like a real example? I, I, you know what? When I interview people, I love. I love when they research the company and they know what mm. the core values are. If they don't know the core values, it's okay. Not a big deal. I'm gonna tell you what they are. And then we ask, uh, you know, situational interview questions like, you know, have you parked in the handicapped spot or whatever. But for grit, same thing. For grit, it's about like an experience. Just tell me about an experience that you've really struggled through. Like what in your life have you had a struggle through and come out on the other side as a positive? Like mm. what? what is it, right? So questions like that to understand that they've had some adversity. They've had to work really hard because in our business, we work with people, you know mm-hmm. this, Adam, right? It, it, they're unpredictable. So as, hi, as high hopes as you might have, you, you, you have to be prepared to be flattened every now and then. And without grit, you just can't, you can't come back. You can't, you can't come back from it. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think that's, that's a key. So I, the things that I look for when I bring recruiters onto my team, I, I, need, I need curiosity. You need to be insanely curious. So you're asking the right questions. So you're going beneath the surface. So you're really digging deep and, and, and you're pulling that back. And, you know, that, 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 that's a tough one. And, and we talk about this all the time. You see it all over LinkedIn. People are like hire for character, train for skill, which, which parts of it in theory, I agree with. Obviously, you want good people on your team, but you need skills. You need those skills. So what are some of those like hard skills that you're looking for on, from your recruiters? Uh, they need, so one skill right off the bat is the ability to uh, it's going to be it's going to be in one of my core values mm. compete to win the ability to keep up with the activity metrics you can't d- you d- don't overthink it if you're not driving activity if you think that you're going to find the perfect candidate and you're going to reach out to that perfect candidate and you're only going to focus on that perfect candidate you're going to fail it's because when you done. if the, the candidate might not be interested the money's not right the location there's a, they don't like the there's a million things you need to be talking to people and so that that is a hard skill. Like you need to have a, you need to be transaction oriented, and you need to be able to move. 
If you're not moving fast, you just can't keep up. McCream's urgency, click. if you don't have urgency, you just you won't be able to keep up. It's just we're moving just too fast. It's interesting you say that. When I, I, and it's kind of triggering something in my head. I, I go back to my first couple of weeks of training coming into being a recruiter about eight years ago and that word activity. And Tom kept beating it into my head. He's like, you need volume. You have to open up volume. But it's not, you have to be smart about the volume that you're bringing in. And you have to have a, a couple of initial calls. And, and the word that keeps kind of coming into my head every single day is recalibrate. I'm always mm-hmm. closing the aperture of the search. I'm always recalibrating. And if you're not doing that as a recruiter and you're just spinning in circles, no. And it goes back to listening, listening to the clients on your intake call. One of the things yeah. that I love to ask and my recruiters do too, and this is kind of how, how you add value, say, if, hey, Dan, we're interviewing for your positions. You know, we're looking for the best candidates here. What are a couple of questions that you would ask on a job interview that I could ask up front to filter out, yeah. right? Like, like, how do you kind of continue to do that? So- I want to like a lot of people say to me all the time, like, Adam, I'm looking to get into recruiting. I want to be a recruiter. It's kind of one of those things. And like a real estate agent, everyone thinks because maybe they sold a house, they did some home repair that, hey, I could be a real estate agent. But what they don't understand, they don't understand the mortgages, the closing process, the attorneys, the fees, everything that goes into it. But there are those transferable skills. What what are some of those transferable skills for people that are uh, looking to break into recruiting? I think um, so. A couple of things. Number one is. and th- th- this is tough. You have to enjoy working with people, different kinds of people, not forming judgment, mm-hmm. just d- people. You-, you don't know who's going to be the next superstar nope. based on the industries that um, that we work with, right? You- they're-, they're all they're-, they're all different types of industries. So that that's number one. Number two, um, rejection. I you have to have a. I literally just wrote uh, that down here because I wanted to talk about that. Let's get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reject. I mean, you have to be able to handle. Rejection. Lots of losses. Right? We're going to put up more losses in our industry yeah, than wins. That's right. That's right. We would be it's kicked so out, so. sent to the minors if we were a starting pitcher, right? It'd be like, yeah, because <laughs> you're good at because the wins, the wins outpay the losses, but you're going to take a lot of L's in recruiting, yes. and you have to oh be able to God, handle yeah. that. Reject. You have to have thick yeah. skin. Yeah, that's right. And, and you get emotionally attached, and right. you know sometimes you get too close to the candidates or you know an opportunity, and and you need you need an open mind to be able to 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 see clearly. And um, to be rational. Yeah, no, no, a- absolutely. There. So, twenty-two years in in the industry. Like, how, you can how long you do this? Is there is there an end game for you? <laughs> is there an exit strategy? Uh, you know what the but the, 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 the toughest years were oh two thousand one starting mm-hmm. of course oh uh, eight oh nine, and that's it. Those are the two bumps. Other than that, it's been wonderful. You know how nice it is to have you know work with incredible people positive environment. Now we're 100% virtual, which was a big transition for us. We went from a big bullpen to now people across the United States, which by the way is way better. Well, how's that, um, how's that working out for junior recruiters who don't see the body language, who don't hear the phone calls, who don't see how we operate in the in the bullpen? We st- You know what? We use, so we are a Google shop. We use Google Meet and Google Chat yep. all day long. Like, you yeah, know, just too. like you and I talking like right now, yeah. That's what we do. We're on when I when I'm talking to someone, I call them on a chat. I I'm looking at video. Right, We're talking wanna... to them all day long, all the mm-hmm. time. Now, maybe some companies think, "Oh, you're 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 virtual, you, you know, you, you, you never see each other." It's not how it works. Like we just got back from our club trip. We didn't meet some people. We haven't even met some people in person, but you know them so well. Yeah. When they get off the old, plane, you give buddies. a hug because like, hey, what's up? Let's go. You know? You're, you're, it's you're, awesome. You're old buddies there. So I heard you talking on another podcast about how people are increasingly interested in learning about selling through socials. Like what have you learned about effective selling through social media? Oh my God. Everything's changed so much. 
from picking up a phone call and calling through the yellow pages now to selling socially, it has changed the, the world. Now you know something about everyone. I think you had just mentioned it, right? You know something. A matter of fact, look, you just, you had obviously seen one, uh, listened to another one of the podcasts. There's so much access mm-hmm. to so much information. And so now it's so, now you can be personable. You can be, you can connect almost immediately. And if you're not using social media and devices, you just won't get through. But by the way, there's no one, you need all of them. No, you, you need mean- everything. You need, you need the phone, you need text, you need social media, you need email, you need every single tool at your disposal. Disposal. And, 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 and that's, and that's what you got to do. So, so let me ask you this, going, going back. I mean, you, you mentioned the bumps and you've been through down cycles and we're, 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 the world that I'm living right now in marketing across web two and web three, we're, we're in a down cycle, mass layoffs across tech and it's tough. And I'm going through a tough period right now. I continue to be invaluable to my clients. I stay on their radar, but what, what advice would you give me to kind of push through this downturn? Recruiter oh, to recruiter. A- that is a that is a good question. So we we usually run about 1.2 million in job openings per week. We're down about half. We got about 600,000. So that's that's substantial. And that's comps, comps right? right? Like you're basing that on comp? That's ba- no, that's fees. Okay. Those are fees. So I mean we have, we 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 run a lot of opportunities. So, so if you're if you're in sales and you're looking for an opportunity, you really should be talking to us because we 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 have a lot of a lot of activity. Um but I think this is the big thing. The big thing is um, we are so well connected with our community. We're so well connected with the hiring managers, our VC partners that are building out different organizations. Like we're so well connected and they know we'll do the right thing that for us, it's about, um, it's about coaching, free advice, helping them through their own challenging times. So whatever challenging times we have, we know that they're facing the same thing. So how can we help them? How can we help them figure out their challenges? Right now, maybe they have a C Salesforce and in actuality, it's probably the best time for them to recruit from their mm-hmm. competition. Right. Okay. I mean, there's there's so many different ways to 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 look at a a, 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 a you know a less aggressive economy, but there's so much opportunity out there. You have you have to find the 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 opportunities in in the downturns and, and through the darkness. And it's and it's tough. And as long as this is what I keep telling myself. Numbers are down year over year because of the economy. I'm still doing the right thing. I'm still pushing in the right direction. I'm doubling down on relationships. I'm doubling down on content, continuing to build the brand. So take take the hit, right? There's nothing you could do about it. I can't create jobs right. to fill. I can't do that. Right. So what can I do? What, like manage things that are in my control. So Dan, let's, let, let's, let's bring it home here. And I'd love to ask this question. What is the single greatest piece of advice that you've ever received that you take action on every single day. And I'm going to give you a second to think about that because I want to use this opportunity to share my greatest piece of advice that I got from my recruiting mentor, Tom Hall. On my first day of recruiting, he said to me, and I say this every morning when I turn on my computer, plan your work and work your plan. Plan your work and work your plan. I keep that in my, my head, keeps me organized and keep me straight. So Dan, what is the single greatest piece of advice? Yeah, Tony Nutella, big believer in uh, positive mental affirmation. Today is going to be the best day of my life. Wake up every day. Today is going to be the best day of my life. I used to chant that on the way to work. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> Today is going to be the best day of my life. And that is uh, because every day is not, you know, you have good days and bad days, but today you're alive. It's not the past. It's not the future. It's right now. This make this the best day of your life. That that Amen. is That is always helped me with a positive attitude. Always push forward no matter what, what the challenge is, what the day looks like. Today's going to be the best day of my life. Amen. And you got to remember, we've survived a 
thousand percent of our bad days, right? We've survived every one of them. So, <laughs> sure. you know, la- last but not least, I mean, you, you look back on your life, you look back on your career and they're not everything was sunshine and rainbows. There was those tough times when you had to dig down deep and, and really pull up and, and harness that inner tenacity to drive you forward and come out on the other side with gratitude and happiness for this life, for this family, for this career, for the fact that you employ people and you've changed people's own careers, right? Dan Fantasia, what keeps you focused? What is your beacon? What is your lighthouse? What is your North Star in life? Actually, um, I think I think change is has been a wonderful uh, piece of our business at Treeline. We, we're constantly in change. Like we're always trying to figure out what we need to be doing better, how we can be doing differently. If the economy's down, okay, the economy's down. What need? What do we need to change? To be more effective, and of course, we do. We talk about it as a company all the time. What do we need to do to be better? What do we need to do to change? What are our clients saying? What are you know? What is the recruiting team saying? We're always looking for how to be better. What we need to do to pivot and change, and that has really helped us through the twenty-two years. You can't, you can't stay. Uh, you just mm-hmm. can't keep. If, if I was doing the same thing I did on day one, just banging the phones, I would have went out of business a long time ago. So it's always about change. And new people bring a lot of change. They have new ideas. They come into a company and they have great ideas. And those people, we really encourage everyone to speak up because those people many times don't think they have a voice. But in actuality, sometimes their voice and ideas are the best ideas we have. And as a result, we change, we pivot, we try things, we fail all the time, Adam. And we used to be, you know, we used to be a full desk recruiting company Mm. up until like probably the first 18 years. We switched. We switched to a sales, so a net new sales team, account management team, and a recruiting team. That has also helped us in times like these um, continue to bring in new clients. I love it. Because we have a focused effort that does, we're not getting right. distracted with anything sales else. Sales people are selling, recruiters are recruiting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that took 18 years to figure out, by the but way. You, but you did, and, and you figured it out. So, Dan, I want to I wanna thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your insights into the world of recruiting. And, and I hope everyone out there enjoyed the show. Getting back to getting back to the roots here. And I hope you could hear it in my in my voice and my energy and sharing some of the stories. Because um, that's what the show was was all about, you know, four, four and a half years ago. Um, you guys could learn more about Dan, what he does at treelineinc.com. Where else could folks find you and connect with you? Yeah, LinkedIn, Dan Fantasia, or call me. Call him. 781-327-8902. Give him a... Give him a- <laughs> <laughs> give him a, give him a ring here, folks. Dan, this has been fun. Uh, hang with me one second here as I wrap it up. And everyone out there, if you enjoyed the show, sharing means caring goes a long way. Please leave a review recommendation that helps spread the word too. Remember, take care of each other. Listen, pause, think, and be kind to your fellow man and woman and child and dog and animal and pet out there. You can find out more at thepodcast.com and catch us next week for another great episode of the podcast. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com. <laughs>